You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. It's episode 555 of the Texas Rangers, Locked on Texas Rangers podcast. It's episode 555 of the Locked on Texas Rangers podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking with prospect analyst Grant Schiller, who had actual eyes on Rangers spring training prospects. He got some real good looks at Jack Leiter, who is impressing in... The spring training this weekend, who's looked bad, all that and more coming up on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Patrick. Here today, joining me is Grant Schiller, the OG prospect analyst, Rangers analyst, and I don't know, insightful baseball person. But first, I want to thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers your very first listen every single day. If you're not already, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Follow Grant at OG Schill and subscribe on YouTube. We are closing in. We have passed 600. We are closing. I don't know if we're going to get 400 in the next two weeks to get, hit that 1,000 by opening day, but we'll get there eventually. But I have Grant Schiller here who has been at spring training. He has seen what he needs to see. Grant, all that to say, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Um, great trip. Saw a lot of good stuff. Um, managed not to get sunburned and just got to see, you know, Major League Baseball again. It was uh, It was fantastic. I am so insanely jealous of you. I wish I could have been there this year, but alas, they had to have a stupid lockout. I mean, they really had to. Um, it was very necessary and defensive and did a great job of, of doing everything that it wanted to. But well, that's what happens when you have good leadership. Um, I'm just <laughs> glad that we have a commissioner that we all believe in and has the best interest of baseball at heart. Um, and so when you need a lockout, you just you have to do a lockout. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really glad that, you know, we have a commissioner who actually likes baseball and actively mm-hmm. works to have the most baseball possible. I mean, that's all you can really ask for. But, you know, there were some active doings this weekend. I did a, if you haven't listened to it already, it, it it's a little dated now with Trevor Story officially not signing with the Rangers. But on Saturday night, I did a very late night episode with Ryland Styles of Locked on Royals and Locked on Thunder fame, talking about the weird madness of the Rangers interest in Trevor's story being leaked out by a coach's son for Twitter clout. Allegedly, that seems like what it is. I don't know if we'll ever get to uh-huh. the bottom of it because it's just such a weird story and just absolutely sparked all of baseball Twitter. But the Rangers are not getting Trevor's story. They're not getting three of the top four shortstops on the market in one offseason. That would have been really hilarious if they did. But he is going to Boston on a six-year, $140 million contract. He has an opt-out after year four, according to ESPN sources and several other people um, that are reporting that. But what were your thoughts when you first heard about the Trevor story to the Rangers sign? Because I, I was flabbergasted. Because I've had people yeah. in like YouTube comments and like on Twitter being like, so can the Rangers get story now? And I'm like, no, no, they can't get story. And it was like, oh, but maybe they can with Kershaw and uh, and Seiya Suzuki gone? Like, I don't know. Like, was this all a smoke screen, or do you think this, like, there was some, like, genuine thought that this could possibly happen? Because I thought there was, like, literally no chance yeah. in heck. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought that too. Um, I mean, like all the sourcing seems to be pretty good. Uh, you apparently have the hitting coach's son out there tweeting it, and it plans to sign him in the outfield. But it, like, it seems like the interest was legitimate. Um, so it's it's interesting. I don't. I mean, it would have been short term with the Rangers, I guess, is what the word was, which makes more sense. Um, I don't know that he's the kind of guy to spend big money on and take him away from shortstop where his defense is so valuable. Um, then again, there's questions about his elbow and whether he can stay there. Uh, so I, I don't know. He, I think we, we talked about early in the offseason, he was the shortstop. We were like, uh, let's stay away from that one. Yeah, um, I mean, of the, That's not the one I trust long term. Of the big four, four. I, counted Sim, I counted Simeon as, as one yeah. of them, and Baez was just on the next tier. That was... We were I didn't real, want him either. We were real sketched off by him. As, yeah. as fun as he is and exciting as he is, he can be fun for someone else because there's a lot of other complications that, that come with that. But, yeah, I, I think we also landed on him being the bottom uh, of that group. Actually, I don't know. I think I think Correa, for me, was, was right, lower. for just personal for, reasons. For other reasons. Um, yeah. But I, I think the timing of Correa signing, which him in Minnesota is just absolutely wild to me, but – Good on Minnesota for making the Yankees take their money and uh-huh. fill up shortstop and third base. And also for both these teams, for keeping the Yankees from signing one of these big shortstop guys and having to move IKF off of short there. Like that felt. That would have been funny, though. I, I would have. It would have like, been, been funny. Objectively, it would have been pretty funny. But like personally, I would have been like, oh, that sucks so much for him. Uh-huh. For IKF to finally have a spot <laughs> traded twice in one day and then boom. You're not you're not the shortstop uh-huh. anymore, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think that would have been interesting, and I I talked a little bit about it on on the Saturday show, but I think him at shortstop and and Seager at third base would have made a lot of sense, um, at least for this year while Josh Young is out, and then would you have to do a whole bunch of other things next year if it was like a two year deal, but man, because the bats next year there aren't a whole lot of bats, but anyway, it was a fun thought while it lasted. I I'm really just bummed the Rangers didn't get say a Suzuki or. Clayton Kershaw. The Kershaw one I knew was a bit of a stretch, but the Suzuki one, that one really hurts because that I felt like would have been a really outside of the moves they've already made, which were amazing and like great. And then Cole Calhoun was also like fine. Um, (laughs) But uh, Suzuki, I think made a lot of sense for what this team needs, but you have been out at spring training. You've been seeing guys. There have been actual games. I'm just curious. What are your, what were your first thoughts? How long were you there? What, what all did you see? What all did you do? Is baseball was, that great in person still? Because I've kind of forgotten. It is. It's fantastic. So I was there um, Friday through Monday. So I saw big league games Friday and Monday, uh, and I stayed on the minor league side Saturday and Sunday. Uh, workouts every uh, morning on the minor league side. So I got to see a lot of the lower levels of the farm system is what I really focused on. Cause, That's good because you can't see those guys right. in any other places. You have right. To, travel all the way across the country um because i i used to go out to spring training every year so i had a pretty decent idea of at least what they looked like but 2018 or 2019 i was coaching um so i couldn't break away and get to spring training 2020 covid happened two days before our trip and then oh. last year they had the backfields closed 25 percent capacity still covid so there was no point really yeah um so this is the first time in four years I've been able to go. So it was great just to be back out there. Um, feels like home, see spring training baseball, and really get a, a sense for the lower 
tears of the farm system again. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. If you want to bet on Texas Tech to go really far in the tournament, well, you probably should have done that at the beginning because they're already in the Sweet 16. If your team is not there, sucks to be you. It's really embarrassing. I'd hate to be that in, in that case, but, you know, that's not the case for Texas Tech fans. But... You know, it's not just basketball you can bet on bet at on bet online. It's your continued source for all of your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. And now back to my talk with Grant Schiller. Oh, that's great because those are some guys. I mean, I had quite a few of those guys, especially like the outfield prospects. Those are the guys who I, I feel like I know the least about because they are so so you know, early in the system, it's hard. There are not a lot of people with a whole bunch of eyes on them, but, uh, man, that you, we were at that, that 25 run drubbing yesterday of, of the Cleveland guardians, yeah. uh-huh. which, uh, if you're listening to the Cleveland broadcast, they kept, they always called them the Cleveland Indians. And I'm like, guys, this is your team. You should be the ones that know that they're not <laughs> called that anymore. So maybe, maybe they'll get it by the time opening day happens, but my God, 25 runs. Like that is, it was crazy. Ellis, I, I couldn't believe it. it. Just kept on happening. They kept throwing pitcher after pitcher after pitcher out there, and it was just like the Rangers just kept hitting them, and it wasn't cheapies either. And it wasn't even like their real lineup. <laughs> but see, the only top three at bat in their lineup, like in their Garver. actual lineup, was Garver, and didn't Garver really didn't even much. really, yeah, like one for four with an RBI and a strikeout. Like <laughs> this is awesome. For me, I mean, you can only take so much out of one spring training game. But what I really loved which is was zero. Which is zero. But Willie Calhoun was making some loud contact. He was yeah. looking really good. Four hits. All of those were just smacked on a rope. And Bubba Thompson had a couple of pretty strongly hit extra base hits the opposite way. And I think they were off of breaking zone. I couldn't really tell from the broadcast, and there's no pitch tracking data. But I think that home run he had that he went opposite field. Was I it? think it was. It was. No, I was asking you. I, I couldn't tell from my seat. From from what I saw, it looked like a curveball or a slider, like okay. low and away on the outside corner that he took opposite field to right center and drove it on a line 415 feet, which was like, dang. I don't even think it was like a 3-1 count or anything. Like I think it was it, like early in the count or maybe even with two strikes. But like, it looked solid. And, and I loved... I loved uh, Willie Calhoun absolutely spraying things out there. What? How much joy did it bring you to watch the Rangers just absolutely unload <laughs> on this team? Yeah, I mean, it's spring training, so it doesn't matter. But, like, <laughs> watching your team score 25 runs is still fun. Um, they, I mean, they had, like, four at-bats each in the third inning. It was by the end of the third inning. Like, it was insane. Um, so it was a very long game, but it was a very enjoyable long game because it was just – them battering Cleveland every inning. Yeah, it would just, I just kept on looking and I was like, is this, is this still going? This is still going. Oh my gosh. How is this still going? Like all day, like for several, several hours. Um, but another guy who had an impressive outing was Josh H. Smith. I mean, I like him. Had a, uh, I, like, I, I don't think I'm high enough on him. I mean, I even have him in my I don't top think 10. Is. But like, 
I don't know what 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 all did you see from him? How many looks at him did you get this this weekend? And like, it, it looked like a legit shortstop out there. Yeah. So he's, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. Um, so he has a good feel for the strike zone, good play discipline. So he's gonna walk, good contact skills. He's not gonna strike out that much, and he hits the ball hard. Like that, that's really a pretty simple equation. If you if you walk, you don't strike out, and you hit the ball hard, you're a pretty good hitter. Um, he's also a pretty good athlete. I don't know that he's a great shortstop, but he can handle it. He'd be a very good second baseman. I think he could handle center field, um, which I think is hopefully where he ends up with this organization. But like that dude is freaking good. Um, again, like you do those three things at the plate, you're going to be a good hitter. Like you don't need to overanalyze that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really solid. And something early that, that really stood out to me was Andy Abanez just absolutely picking it at third base. He had yeah, like several really I've ever seen from him. Cleveland Cleveland's broadcast was like really impressed with him. And I was too. He had like three really solid uh, diving stops. And you know, I can't say it's a coincidence because you know who was there this weekend at camp is Adrian Beltre. Like maybe the Beltre magic just rubbed off at anybody who is, who was there. Maybe. Did you see, I, did you see Adrian and, and I did. Uh, catch up with your longtime friend? Well, he, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but he fooled me. They had a simulated game or uh, they had an inter-squad game on the backfields. And at the start of one inning, he grabbed the bat and the helmet and started walking out towards the plate. He got in the batter's box, dug in a little bit. And then he walked on over to the other dugout. <laughs> uh, so I was like tapping my dad. I was like, hey, like Belcher's going to hit. Um, and then he walked on off. Oh, oh, that trickster. Oh, that would have been so funny. What a guy. What a freaking guy. But apparently he spent a lot of time with Marcus Simeon. And Marcus Simeon has been spending a lot of time with Willie Calhoun. And I didn't realize how similar those guys were. Evan Grant wrote an article in the Dallas Morning News about it, about Simeon really taking Willie Calhoun under his wing. But they're both from the Bay Area. They're both okay. guys who struggled early in their careers. Both have fathers that are working in the uh, corrections um, career field, um, for lack of a better term. Um, but like so, something somewhere in the prison system, I think both of them are, are working there. But they really have a whole lot in common, and they both, you know, had a really really rough 2020 with um, some of the the Black Lives Matter protests that were going on, the like aggravation of like race relations, and you know, dealing with the pandemic, just all of that stuff. It really hit both of them very hard, and they were able to you know relate to each other because there aren't a whole lot of black players in baseball, and you know that's something that really. I mean, you can't take a whole lot away from spring training, but that's something that I think is yeah. is really important. And I'm hoping that that friendship and that bond can can be very strong. They can both absolutely rake this year because, man, Willie needs a break. Like, Willie needs something to break this, right for This him. is his last chance, yeah. Which, it feels like we've been saying that for like four years, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. This is his last chance, last chance, I think. I, I, think, I think he's out of... Uh, like he's a free agent after the season, I'm pretty sure. No way. Is he? Is he? I don't know because it feels like he's been up for for so long. Like it feels like he's at least parts of seasons. I don't no. know. How he's His not. His service time is just over three years. Good God! And he's been up at some point. I mean, his debut in what 2015 was it? 20, 2017. Was it 20, 2017. Okay. Well, it hasn't been that. But still, that's that's five years ago. Oh my God, that's five years ago. Well, that's wild. Um, but still, he's a guy who's got immense potential, and like he could be a real, 
I think it could be a real difference in this lineup being like, yeah, pretty good. You got really three really strong guys at the top, and like mm-hmm. maybe Nathaniel Lowe improves like I think he will. But if Willie gets anywhere close to like what we know that he is capable of, then like that really makes a difference from this lineup being pretty decent to pretty deep. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. The ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure all these pointless questions from the person behind the counter while they order parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. They got everything that you could possibly need for your car, tail lamps, you know, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now, back to my talk with Grant Schiller. Yeah. Um, he's 27 now. He's, he's really not been very good as a big leaguer to this point because I don't think the power has come as we expected it to. Um, and he's not someone who typically hits moonshots. So the switch on ballparks has hurt him more than other guys. Um, but at the same time, dude came up like, dude was a hitter. Um, so you hope it's still in there. You hope this is going to be the breakout year. I'm trying not to set my expectations too high because I don't want to be disappointed. But there's a really good hitter in there somewhere. The extent to which he is one, um, like can he really carry an MLB DH role for a good team? I don't know. Like we'll see. Um, I just hope we get to see the fully maximized really and then actually evaluate it. Because part of the reason he struggled so much is because he's every time he gets hot, it feels like he gets hurt. Yeah, I mean, bunch and, of freak accidents. Yeah, like get hit twice and break bones both times, hit in mm-hmm. the face, scary as heck. And then the hamstring issue popped up as soon as he was healthy again in 2020, and that just sucks. And then last year he, he broke his was it his his arm or I think Some it was his, his arm. arm. I, I think it was something. his uh, forearm, uh, okay. a bone in there, um, that had him out for several months as well. It's just he just cannot catch a break. And even the one season when he was the healthiest and he was really starting to break out, I mean, he did still play 75 games last year. Cause I feel, but I feel like I didn't see him like at all, but the, the, the year that he played the most games, he had an 848 OPS, which, you know, you'd probably want to be just like a little bit better for full-time DH, but 21 home runs, 14 doubles in 337 plate appearances, 83 mm-hmm. games. Like that's solid. If he could have just gotten that on base up like another 20, 30 points into the like 350s as opposed to 320, which is where it was, then that's a solid hitter. That's a that's a guy who can be a DH if you got yeah. like a 900 OPS. That's solid. I just wanted to be healthy. Like other like that's the bar none. I think the most important thing is for him to be healthy and nobody better hit him with some freaking pitches because like uh-huh. that dude has been beamed enough. Just leave him alone. Don't break any more of his bones, you jerk pitchers <laughs> but anyway you got some eyes on some some young guys uh-huh. which out of context sounds very wrong we're talking about baseball guys 
baseball players in a baseball context, mostly you, age. you scouted some baseball players who are early in their careers. Youth, there we that's go. Not much nope. Either. Nope. That I don't, that sounds, you, you were, um, watching from the shadow. No, <laughs> but I was behind the fence. <laughs> young boys. While the kids were playing baseball. It's <laughs> yeah, we're going to get you on, on some kind of watch list if, if this keeps up. Um, but uh, anyway, who are who are some young guys that, that stand out? I know you, you got to see a lot of guys that you hadn't seen before. But um, yeah. Um, so I've, I've got my list of notes here. I'll try and run through them pretty quickly. If I ramble on too long, just cut me off. Ask me questions. Tell me um, I need to shut up. Because um, <laughs> I, I got quite a few notes here. Um, so this is in no particular order. Um, I kind of organized them myself into good, bad, and neither. Um, I don't know that everything fully applies into those categories, but just my impressions of these guys. I mean, technically um, it should. If it's if it's not good nor bad, then by definition it's neither. So <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll just start off with the good category. I like Daniel Cueva. Um, he's the, he's a young middle infield prospect, uh, international guy. Um, Dan, your great name, first of all. Uh, but he, I mean, he's got bad speed. He just kind of throws his bat head at the ball. He's pretty athletic. Um, generate some lift. It's, a, it's one of those real simple swings that like, he's going to have really good contact ability. Um, defensively, he was pretty strong going to the forehand side. He looked pretty comfortable going backhand, but he's a young guy who I like. Uh, Thomas should to JC which I did get confirmation that's how you pronounce it, is Sajacy. It is? That's that's what that's his what coach told me. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because I have uh, – I've, I, there was a, um, a listener, uh, Josh, uh, is a Twitter friend who has a kid who in his class, he's a teacher, who spells – who has a last name that's spelled exactly like that, and he said Sagussi, and I was like – That is not – That is – That is, yeah. So, hold on, how do I actually pronounce it? Uh, according to, I guess what his coach told Jamie Newberg next to me, uh, was, uh, Sajacy. Sajacy. Okay. Well, I will try not to butcher that. Yeah. No so that, that, that caught me out. That was a surprise actually. Um, but <laughs> the I, I pronunciation don't know or I, how he, or how he the, looked the pronunciation. <laughs> um, so I don't know that I love him quite as much as the organization does, but I mean, everybody out there is like, this dude is 80 makeup, like love him as a person. Um, I mean, like, he has good hips, uh, good bat plane, enough bat speed. Um, I don't think he's a shortstop. I think he's – I don't think that's a spot. Um, but he's definitely interesting. Organization loves that dude. Um, Evan Carter, my first look at him. I liked him uh, quite a bit. The ball really carries off the bat. Uh, good plate coverage. Uh, I mean, great feel for the zone. Super, super patient. He's going to walk a ton. Um and then when he sees a pitch, he, he likes to attack it. I saw him on the minor league field um, take, I guess, I think it was five pitches he took to get to 3-2. Um, probably should have been four, four balls in there. And then the pitch, he drove over the right center field fence. I mean, he it was when it was when dated for a home run, but he crushed that ball. Um, the only concern I had there besides the back issues, which can recur quite often, is his body is shaped like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Um, he has the <laughs> thinnest hips and the thinnest shoulders. Like I do not know that how, that guy's gonna be able to put on a ton of weight. How's the booty? Oh, it's small. Flat it's not booty? a good baseball, but Evan Carter, come on! I don't know that he has the hips to support a big booty. 
So you're saying his hips his hips do lie? They no. Well, his hips are like this this wide. Um, huh. huh. I guess I haven't really thought about Shaggy being like you know an hourglass frame, but uh, <laughs> I was thinking no, more of like hunched. About hunched. It, but it's, it's little. It's not hourglass. It's just stick with right, like right. tall, lanky, and kind of like yeah. hunched over Scoob. Yeah, like that. That's the only concern. Is uh, I don't know how much weight he's gonna be able to put on that frame. Do you see him in center field at all? I didn't really get to see him defensively that much. I don't know. He didn't strike me. Well, when I saw him on the base pass, once he got going, he was pretty quick. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Wow. You're not just going to lie and make something up? Nope. I respect you for I'm it. Not. <laughs> um, Larson Kendrich. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Kendrick Kendrich. Eighth round pick last year out of Biola College. I had not heard of him before I saw him. Uh, I, I have not heard he, of Biola before he was drafted. Yeah, I was like, me neither. Um, but he was interesting. Uh, lefty arm. He was uh, ninety ninety two with the fastball. Looked like he was spinning it pretty well. He commanded it well. He had some feel for a changeup. Is he tall? He had a uh, usable to average. He was pretty tall. I think he's six three ish. Usable to average curveball and slider. Um, so it, he was he was pretty interesting. It was it was kind of Jake Latz's. Lats ish, honestly, like younger Jake Lats. Um, so he was interesting. He's somebody to follow as he gets going. I imagine he'll be low A to start the season since he's a college. Um, Jason Morabell, what I yes. have written down here is that he needs an ass, but the ball really carries off his bat. <laughs> um, he's raw, but a really good athlete. I mean, lots of potential there. Um, well, that's good because I had him probably much higher than you you felt comfortable at 20 in my top 30 that seems about right i think i might have had him on my personal just for fun list even in the teens Um, yeah and i that was one of the ones i think he's the highest one up of the guys that i'm like i have they're still so young and i have really no idea what to respect that's the thing i i feel like i mean jumping totally off topic here but i feel like prospect list it should be like here's the top however many guys of guys who have played affiliated ball and we have seen some level of them against a decent level of play. And then here's just a list of names that are interesting below there. Um, I wish that's how it worked because Jason Morabell, super interesting, tons of potential, great athlete, um, really hits the ball with some pop for his frame and can add to it. Well, that um, might be something that I, that like, I experiment with base- like, next year. Nobody knows if he can play baseball. Like, <laughs> he's what, like 18? He doesn't really uh, have... Yeah, I think he's 18 this year. Yeah. Um, he, like, just turned it in the offseason, like, right towards the end. But, no, there's there's some things that encourage me, but I think he I he had what looked like decent power number for his his oh, yeah. size. Um, uh, really, I I mean, his on-base was pretty solid and uh, seemed like he had a pretty polished approach for a kid his age, putting up those numbers that he did at that level at that age. Um. And speaking of guys that age, the uh, the I guess the potential breakout uh, super young guy is 17-year-old Glider Figueroa. Um, okay. Played second base when I was there. Not somebody I'd heard of. Uh, it's a really smooth sprint swing. I think he's going to grow into power. Um, the swing does need to get a little bit shorter. And obviously at 17, he's like he, he was overwhelmed. Um, but it looked like there were some tools there, good base to work off of. Really interesting guy. Who was he facing that – that he had to be overwhelmed by 
Do you remember um, like what kind of level? He was facing more low A level. So okay. I mean, yeah, that's well above what he's going to be playing against. Um, yeah, for, for sure. Years. But um, just the fact that he's even over here stateside for spring training kind of tells you what the organization thinks of him as, at seventeen. Because um, not say how many how many guys like that at seventeen do they usually have stateside and do they have a, a separate spring training in like the the Dominican Republic? Yes, that's like going on the same uh, time. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that it's quite as structured as that. Um, I actually I guess because their their season starts like what June. Maybe? Yes, I think they t- they have stuff going on there mostly year round though. Yeah, um, but like the actual like Dominican Summer League stuff that's like affiliated, right. I don't right. think starts till like around the same time that short season, or uh, yeah, short season. Which is that even still a thing? Like, is there mm-hmm. still even short season? Okay, well then for we're... for Arizona and Dominican short season A ball is gone. Okay, I was about to say because I'm like the Rangers lost Spokane and I'm like I don't remember them getting a short season anywhere other affiliate but just another <sighs> dumb thing but at least hey at least the good news is on my league vault i don't think i talked about it on an episode before but we're getting the original league names back yes. we're not doing high a east south by northwest or right. the texas we league isn't going to be double a south yes. i'm like i why did i don't know why they did that it was stupid but I'm glad they're finally going back and I can call it the Texas League or the Sally League versus the Carolina League because that, that was already confusing enough with like switching what level both of those teams were. And then I had to the like high A East. Like there was no. I don't it was, know. I'm, I'm partial to double A South North Division. <laughs> well, that's what, just me. I don't, what, what were the divisions called or what I guess are the divisions called now? I can't. I think is it just. I think North they're probably South? still North and South. Okay. It's not like uh, the Big Ten leaders and legends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who are who are some of the other young guys that uh, on that are on your list? Um, so I've got uh, Abby Melick Ortiz. Um, looks like a first base only body, but it's plus pop. Um, one of those guys who's going to have to really hit to make it, but plus pop gives you a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Luis Angel Acuna. I think to me, he's a definite shortstop plus arm, smooth actions, good athlete. I think he's going to be a really good defender. Um, keeps the bat in the, in the zone, in the zone a long time, showed some pop. Um, swing might be a little bit inconsistent, but I think that guy has a chance to be really, really good. Um, so I liked him quite a bit. Uh, Marcus Smith, the other piece in the Mike minor trade, uh, hmm. crazy athlete. I mean, home run what, power. What is um, he? Is he an infielder or? Do we know? Uh, is he just like so raw? Is just he's like an outfielder. Okay. Um, so if he can stay healthy, I think he's gonna have a breakout year because he he's um, just a, a lot of athleticism, power, speed, gives you a lot of room to fair in other areas. Um, speaking of that trade, Dustin Harris, I didn't get to see much of him, but he just has that look about him of um, a guy who could be a really good major league hitter. I mean, he swings not too long, and it is mean and powerful um so I, he I, was i think he got in a little bit on that uh 25 run game that the rangers had uh, i don't know that he played. did he uh, i, I think, I think played. It, oh no it was Krim. it was blake Krim. uh that was well, who did you just say that I, I just mistook him for uh dustin harris dustin Harris. okay yeah no those, those two i keep switching no it was it was blaine Krim, the one that i didn't have on my top 30 that was like 
just on the edge there. Um, but I'm glad you said that about uh, Luis Angel Acuna because of the guys that are in my like top like 15 ish that are like listed at shortstop. From what I'd read, I was like, I, I think he's the most likely to stay at uh-huh. shortstop. But I'm like, I don't have any eyes on him, and I don't know that many people yeah. that have. But with if, if you say has. that, then then I feel much more confident in saying it um, with with you as my hashtag source. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Rainy. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode with Grant. Yes, we are back to five episodes a week. I think we'll be at four this week because we're going Tuesday through Friday as opposed to Monday, which I took off for my birthday. Sorry, not sorry. It's a great day. Don't regret it. But we had some great stuff from Grant who had some boots on the ground looking at these guys. Some firsthand account on on all these guys who I have been waiting for him to be able to see and, and tell me how good they are and tell all of you how good they are. But... Really glad to have him back again tomorrow with another episode with him. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Rangers. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.